Hey, you guys! Welcome to the Football Goonies Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Suplick, here with all the fantasy football goodness you could ever want on week seven. I apologize uh, in advance for missing last week's set of shows, but... Uh, just life gets in the way sometimes, so we're doing a single extended episode this week. I'm going to basically just go through a little quick review of last week and then get through uh, the week 7 previews, and then on top of that, we're going to try to get a guest in. Don't know if we have a 100% chance of doing that, but uh, we're going to see what we can make happen. Alright, so real quick on a review of our first league, the new Fantastic Empire. A couple of exciting games that came down to the wire and uh, a couple of blowouts. So starting off, we had Team Texas Bear versus uh, Los Poyos Hermanos. Uh, Gills put it together the last couple of weeks after uh, shrugging off his uh, super injury bug. Although, uh, I mean, the injuries still continue with his team a little bit. Uh, But he ended up with the win 122.8 to 89.8. Not even close. Uh, Surprisingly, Justin Herbert was super uh, disappointing. But the combination of uh, Jarrell Williams and Khalil Herbert, basically a couple of backup running backs, worked out. Especially since uh, he was able to get Khalil Herbert for nothing, beating me out on... uh, a waiver wire with uh, just uh, priority last week, and uh, after I had dropped him prior to Damian Williams going on the COVID list, so uh, it was a good pickup and a good uh, win for Gill. That one, uh, unfortunately, uh, he did lose Kareem Hunt, which was a uh, part of his strong team uh, recently, and he's still without Chris Carson, holding out for Jeff Wilson Jr., Michael Thomas, so, uh, still a tough road ahead, but, uh, he's, he's put together some good wins, even though he's using nothing but backup running backs, and he's currently at forward two, as Team Texas Bear drops to zero and six, continues his, uh, run for the number one pick next season. Next up, we had one of those super close games, Finkla's Einhorn versus Popeye Sailormen, some of the elder statesmen of the league. Uh, big quarterback showdown, Kyler Murray versus a piece of trash that still gets a lot of points, and Jalen Hurts, uh, 33-27 to 27 points. Uh, big showings from Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Lenny Fournette, and James Robinson. That was real huge. Uh, the receivers were a little disappointing as Mike Evans, Lockett, and DJ Moore all did terribly, even though uh, Deontay Johnson did decently. Uh, was a decent receiver show up. And then the flex kind of mirrored each other. So the the big thing that really edged it out was Kyler Murray on this. Um, he ended up with Finkel Einhorn, uh, dance team winning 123.66 to 122. It looks like... Not sure if any of the games were the super late games, but uh, it came down to the wire for him. So uh, that was a big win. I guess uh, the only no uh, no noticeable uh, plays that would have changed the outcome at all possible for either team. So a uh, good win for Dan moving to four and two and dropping uh, Popeye Sailorman down to four and two after his, uh, starting his losing streak now. Uh, the other close game was uh, Team Chris 1914 versus Groovy Drew. Now, this was one that I think came down to the wire. Yes, it did. Um, it looked like Chris had this just 
locked up in hand, same as last week after a brutal loss last week. But uh, with the score of 116.92, it wasn't enough to eke out against Groovy Drew's 118.34. Uh, the tail of the tape was they were relatively close uh, points going into uh, projected points. I'm sorry. Um, they were relatively close aside from uh, Josh Allen hadn't played yet, Stefan Diggs, and then on the other side, Cole Beasley uh, and Devin Singletary. So one would expect having Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, Chris was going to dominate. And those players did dominate. Josh Allen got 34.72. Stefan Diggs had 19.4. It was uh, massive. And uh, he had Julio, who ended up playing with 7.4. I was a little shocked on that one. I probably worried that Julio wasn't going to play. would have played Cortland Sutton myself. That would have actually made the difference in this, but he did not. And on the back of 6.8 points, which was a running back high for the Buffalo Bills, as Zach Moss was considerably worse, even though it was only 6.8 points. And then the big shocker, after doing nothing for the last, like, three, four weeks now almost, uh, Cole Beasley just upped in targets with the uh, injury to Dawson Knox and ended up with 18.3 points, thus thrusting Groovy Drew to a win and stopping his slide, now going 2-4 and four on both of these teams. Next up, we had uh, Team Chase versus Unjour in France. Uh, this one was not close, and that was generally due to the fact that... Um, that Chase was unwilling to pick up a running back to put in after the loss of Barkley and CEH. Uh, he did not have any more running backs as far as I was aware. No, he did not because there was a trade that happened uh, or drops that happened. And instead of losing the likes of someone like uh, Tracon Smith or MVS or even Hunter Henry or A.J. Green, uh, and trying to find some sort of waiver wire darling that could have helped them. He uh, dropped it, although chances are it wouldn't have mattered as it was a 15-point loss because, as always, Lamar Jackson showed you how trash he is, only throwing for 167, one touchdown, two INTs, and 51 rushing yards, logging just a measly 13.78 points and a six-point-for-touchdown uh, league so uh all the haters on my hating of lamar jackson i just like to point out that everyone is screaming bloody murder for this guy on mvp because of one and a half really good uh quarters of play uh people forget he played like trash for the majority of the san diego game until they dominated um at the end and he played like trash the week before until uh, he dominated the fourth quarter of that game. So um, I just I don't understand it at all. I don't know what people see in him. I, he has spurts of great, of great play, but he is just a running quarterback. That's all he is. He's just the most dynamic running quarterback as well. Uh, next up, we had the marquee matchup, the FF Emperor, himself, your, uh, myself, versus SC Honkers. And what should really scare the league is uh, I obviously won 90.98 to 130.2 dominating SC Honkers um, with the likes of Brandon Bolden and Jamal 
Williams playing on my team. I have no running backs without CMC for the most part, other than like James Conner and Jamal Williams. And I still put up the highest score total on the back of Dak putting up 32, of Adam Thielen putting up 24, and CeeDee Lamb putting up 31. My team is dangerous, and Gusecki putting up 15 and a half. I didn't even have my second best re- or third second to third best receiver on the team on bye week. And I've been without Judy since week one, and I'm still dominating without CMC. So uh, I believe people should be scared as I'm on a two-week win streak and overcoming some injury issues. Uh, We'll see how the next week goes, but for now, beware. Next up, we have Prestige Dynasty Worldwide. Wide, wide. Uh, This one was uh, another... This was a lot more of a lopsided division. Um, a lot of uh, really not even close games. Uh, so we'll just go through it real quick. Uh, surprise win for Do It for Axel. Only it's not that surprising because he has Pat Mahomes and Derrick Henry. And apparently when you only have those two guys, uh, it doesn't matter who's on your team and how well they do. That's all you need. Uh, I believe he might have put up the highest score in the league. Yes, he did at 156.04. Taking on Texas Bear, uh, who only got 105.72 as he endures some of his injuries and poor play. Uh, The only big news we'll just talk about in this uh, game is, uh, or the players, is it looks like Chris lost Kadarius Toney for the time being. Uh, Julio obviously looks banged up. And then on the other side, uh, Tyler lost Kareem Hunt, so... Um, not much other news on it. It wasn't close. Nothing to really get into. Uh, next up, we had Fearless Red versus the Untouchables. There was a little while where the Untouchables, uh, Gary's team, looked like they were going to pull it out until uh, no more. But uh, the one, the pretty much the only close battle we had was uh, whether I was going to get the uh, Aniston point this week. And Gary was really pressuring me until uh monday or sunday night i believe maybe monday night yeah it was monday night with zach moss uh he uh he disappointed and basically helped me uh hold on to that spoilers and get the points um so big news out of this one as it wasn't close 133.12 to 112.26 was uh the big trade that came out of uh out of fearless red where uh, he sent Russell Wilson, who was injured and out for a while, Baker Mayfield, who was injured and out for a while, a 22 first from his team, a 23 second from his team, in return getting Lamar Jackson, trash, uh, but good for fantasy, Sam Darnold, seemed like good, but lately looks like trash, and KJ Osborne, seemed like good, lately looks like trash. Um... I don't hate this trade. I think it's actually relatively even for the values. That being said, the obvious winner is the team that got Russell Wilson, Baker Mayfield, a first and a second. Uh, Lamar's great, but Darnold's just too much of a question mark where you're getting two known commodities, even though they're banged up this season for next season, especially in a rebuild. Uh, The only thing I really don't like about it is Dan's team was in a super rebuild. He has a ton of picks, and I know he was trying to get more picks. And maybe a little more stability. 
But having Lamar Jackson and Darnold, um, I think that's a better proposition for a guy who's not going to compete in a couple of years than Russell Wilson and Mayfield. Not that they're not, they're going to be better as opposed to those two in the, in the at the point he's ready to compete, but more of the fact that he's going to be re- competing in two to three years, and then he's going to want sustained dominance after that rebuild for at least two to three years. And I'm not sure that six, uh, five to six years from now, you're going to be counting on Russell Wilson or Baker Mayfield the way you are now. Um, but maybe that's just me and uh, my thoughts on it. Uh, other than that, both teams really escaped from uh, any major injuries that I can see of. Everything was pretty much just already uh, injured players, with the exception of of uh paris campbell who came back looked amazing and then immediately got hurt after looking amazing next up probably the closest matchup of the week i believe yes and uh between uh aforementioned bob the rebuilder and the uh supposed uh i have plenty of depth uh, team C Greenwood with uh, Mr. Greenwood. Uh, final score: Bob the Rebuilder in an attempt to lose keeps on winning. Uh, now at five hundred at six and six, he uh, scored one fifteen point seven six to Mr. Greenwood's one hundred six point seven six. So tail of the tape was underperformance by all quarterbacks involved. Lamar, as I said, was trash. Heineke was trash. Darnold was trash. Brady was fine, but he didn't do enough in a game he really didn't need to. So for fantasy, he was trash. Uh, somehow, Brandon Bolden made it into a lineup in this week. And Aaron Jones and Fournette all looked good as running backs. Uh, Tyreek looked good. Waddle looked fantastic for a game, at least. And Mark Andrews continues to outscore Travis injury-wise, where the uh, OBJ is injured yet again. And currently, as we record during the Thursday night game, he looks awful if he's even coming back. Uh, Tyreek looks a little banged up, and Terry McLaren looks a little banged up for Greenwood, which is going to spell disaster for the team with no depth. You should call that with... That with no depth, or the team with no depth, something like that. I don't know, minus your depth charges. Uh, anyways, next up, we had Team My Name is Chris versus Team Groovy Drew. Uh, this has been brutal for Drew. Uh, the trend has not changed, and since a 4-0 start, he has now uh, lost the last eight. And if you're confused by that statement, it means he lost the last four plus failed to get the uh, above the league median. So uh, he has not logged a single point. Uh, up top at the QB, it was a pretty even battle of uh, uh, blow for blow with Cousins and Stafford slightly edging out Kyler and Burrow. Uh, the big tail of the tape was uh, Clay's dominance on the running back position with Henderson and Mixon both scoring over 23 points. Uh, other than that, Adrian Bound did not look the greatest until he had to. The rest of the receiving core for, uh, for Clay did not look great. Darren Waller continues to be mediocre, and Tyler Lockett continues to be trash without Russell Wilson and enough games to have a big one. Uh, the real promising thing on the other side was uh, Harris jumping back and having a good rushing game with the touchdown and a hun- over 100 yards. And then TJ Hawkinson finally getting a bunch of uh, 
targets, getting 11. I mean, granted, he only put 74 yards and no scores with that, but it's nice to see that trend. Uh, other than that, Nick Chubb ended up being out and continues to be out tonight. And I don't think there's any other major injury developments on these teams. Next up and finally, we had uh, the big marquee matchup, the other team with limited depth versus the football goonie. That's right. I finally renamed my team and it did not help. Uh, As always, Big Ben continues to suck. Antonio Gibson got hurt. I was playing a third string running back in uh, Bears between buys and injuries. Uh, Although he was one of my best players outside of Dak Prescott, I think he scored the third highest points on my team. And Cortland Sutton finally had a good game, or continue to have a good game. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, as I said, seal with it time, uh, had a great game. And on the other side, you look at the team uh, that I hate so much, but Chuba Hubbard continues to be a thing, and unfortunately it looks like he's going to be added value for quite a while now. Uh, Antonio Brown continues to do well. Cooper Cup finally got back to being big, and Eckler finally showed a chink in the armor. Um, But, of course, I went up against a poor showing of Jalen Hurts somehow getting a ton of of points because he is a trash quarterback but a running back with two touchdowns. And then, of course, Rodgers did really well with the rushing touchdown, too. I'm starting to rant a little bit. Um, the only other takeaways was Knox, uh, hurt his hand and it looks like his other options will be Dalton Schultz and Njoku. So he'll probably be relatively fine the way Schultz has been playing. Um, other than that though, he did gain a little bit of, uh, depth because Gibson's starting to look like he's being hurt for a while and might be shut down. So JD McKissick ends up being, uh, useful as well as Jarrett Patterson, so... Uh, kudos to GA Dogs for Life for gaining uh, some depth through attrition, apparently, rather than having starters. Uh, this was kind of my rant for a while now, and I think a couple of us uh, kind of agree on it. Is It's really weird that the teams that are getting hurt on the injury bug tend to be the teams that have the depth to deal with it, and the teams that are flimsy outside of their top are somehow just skating by uninjured it's maddening uh but i mean that's what fantasy football is and good uh good on you for for being able to uh get through that so uh real quick we're gonna do a little preview and then i'm gonna try to bring on a guest um let's go to the new fantastic empire first uh, looks like I'm getting demolished already. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so we're doing this during the week uh, four or the week seven uh, Thursday night game. So my predictions are a little lopsided, obviously, but let's just get into it. Uh, first up, we got Los Poyos Hermanos versus Popeye Sailorman. Uh, Gil on a two-win streak as Sailorman has a two-losing streak, and they both sit at four and two near the top of the heap. Uh, first up, the quarterbacks, Joe Burrow versus Baltimore, Tannehill versus KC. Um, the obvious pick is a matchup, and needed volume will probably be Tannehill, but Burrow is balling out in Baltimore. You can... Um, run on so it's a little weird um 
I'm going to have to say Tannehill probably edges out a little bit. Uh, next up, we have Miles Sanders and Darrell Williams versus Kamara and Mixon. Obviously, it's Kamara and Mixon. Mixon, like I said, you have Baltimore you can run against. Kamara, Seattle with uh, Geno Smith as of right now. So, advantage Popeyes on that as well. At the receiver position, we have Tyree Kill and Henry Ruggs versus Tyler Lockett and DJ Moore. Uh, assuming Hill is healthy, he is the best play on here. Although, we're looking for a bounce back finally from DJ Moore. We don't know if we'll get it, so that's potentially a good matchup against the Giants. But the problem is Lockett and New Orleans and uh, Ruggs and Philly. Give me Hill and Ruggs because I think Ruggs has a lot more opportunity to do something meaningful rather than Lockett. I don't know why anyone would ever want to put anything on Lockett. I would much rather to play Allen Robinson against Tampa, which is the grossest thing I've ever said in my life. Right. Sorry, was listening. We had tones. I am at work currently. Uh, the big one, the showdown, Travis Kelsey versus Mark Andrews at tight end. Kelsey's the obvious play. Mark Andrews has been riding high and outscoring him two weeks. But at the end of the day, Kelsey is Kelsey, and Andrews is in a low-volume team. Um, if Cincinnati puts some pressure in, then there is possibility that Andrews has to be utilized more. But at the end of the day, I think the only thing John Harbaugh would love to do more than... Uh, basically running 19 running backs from the year 96 is uh is not let lamar throw the ball because he knows he's not that good at the uh flex position we have uh smooches mckissick and alex collins versus chase edmonds and lenny fournette we don't know if alex collins is going to play if he does not play uh the pivot is probably Khalil Herbert or Michael Carter, as those are his only two options. Uh, my guess is, although Michael Carter is slightly enticing against New England and probably having to play catch-up, uh, probably would go with Khalil Herbert and the supposed volume. Uh, but either way, Chase Edmonds against Houston and Lenny Fournette against Chicago are much better options, even if McKissick gets the majority of the work or even a large chunk of the work against Green Bay. Uh, all that combines for Popeye Sailorman for the win. Next up, we got Team Groovy Drew versus SC Honkers. At the quarterback position, we got Manny Snapback versus Tom Brady. And although Tom Brady has been hot fire, and I think he is going to do well, the fact that Stafford is playing a Detroit versus Detroit at home, they are going to lay it on thick and hard, and Stafford is the play here, especially in a six-point uh, touchdown league. At the running back position, we have uh, some scrubs and some stars, one of which is injured, uh, with Hubbard and Patterson versus, and uh, Henderson and Gibson. So basically Hubbard and Darrell Henderson versus Cordero Patterson and Antonio Gibson as of right now. <clears throat> if Antonio Gibson does not have the ability to go, the only other running back on his team is Devontae Brooker against Carolina, which is probable for the start, and Elijah Mitchell. Uh, but we'll just assume that Antonio Gibson is going for now. 
Either way, it doesn't matter. Um, Patterson is great, but I think Gibson is limited, so give me Henderson and Hubbard because they both have juicy matchups, and Hubbard will be utilized to help Darnold not suck as much, especially in the rain. Um, and as I said, that Detroit game is going to be out of control. Uh, next up, we have DK Metcalf and Jarvis Landry versus Devonta Smith and Antonio Brown. Uh, Metcalf, no thank you. Landry coming off the injury. He's actually doing about what I thought he would. I thought he put up about 10 points today and right now. Uh, in the fourth quarter, he's got five in a 17-7 game. So uh, he's doing a little worse than I thought, but not great. Either way, Antonio Brown is the play right now. And then, of course, Devonta Smith having to probably throw a bunch against Vegas as they will probably put up points against the Eagles. At tight end, as of right now, it looks like Cameron Brait versus Ricky Seals-Jones. Give me Ricky Seals-Jones. I don't care. Uh, at the running back area, at the flex position, we have Demetric Felton playing right now and Mike Davis um, versus McLaren and Eliza Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell. Um, if Gibson can't go, then slot in uh, for Gibson, which will end up obviously taking Mitchell's spot. Um, as he will be a running back, uh, a running back play rather than a flex. Yeah, Booker and Rondell Moore. Uh, either way, my guess is it's probably going to be Rondell Moore just for the upside against Houston. Uh, either way, Terry McLaren and Elijah Mitchell should be the play over Felton and Davis. Felton's only got four points right now, and I don't expect a ton from Davis because he hasn't done a ton most weeks because of Cordero Patterson. Uh, with all that, SC Honkers for the win is probable just because of that receiving and tight end grouping. Next up, we got Finkel-Zeinhorn and uh, Unjour in France. Axel on a three-win streak. He sits atop the leaderboard in this league versus a four-and-two Finkel-Zeinhorn. Uh, big dogs playing Kyler Murray against Houston. Pat Mahomes against Tennessee. Give me advantage, Pat Mahomes, because I feel like he's going to have to do more than Kyler will. At the running back position, we have Aaron Jones versus and DeAndre Swift versus Harris and Taylor. Taylor's been on a tear. Harris gets the Jets, but come on, man. Swift is going to have to catch like 30,000 balls to help uh, Goff do anything. And Aaron Jones against Washington is going to be a big, big game, so advantage there. At the wide receiver position, we got Antonio Brown and Tim Patrick Ugh. versus uh, Mike Evans and Robert Woods. And yes, he did start Tim Patrick. There is no way to go off of that uh, against Cleveland. I would never have done that. Uh, you already got Pittman and Kirk in your flex. I would have rolled with either Ramondre Stevenson in the flex or Bateman in the flex instead of uh, Tim Patrick, even though he's been steady Eddie. Uh, it's just a tough matchup, and I don't like it one bit. Um, as much as I like Antonio Brown in that case... Or, oh, sorry, it's A.J. Brown. Uh, A.J. Brown's been a little weird. Give me Mike Evans and Robert Woods. I think that is just a better spot um next up at the tight end position we have hawkinson versus waller uh hawkinson's probably gonna have the greater volume but i think they finally get waller going against philly especially in a spot where they're weak against tight end so give me waller on the advantage 
And then at the flex position, we have Corey Davis against New England and Jacoby Myers against the Jets versus Christian Kirk and Michael Pittman. Um, Pittman's probably the best one out of here. Kirk and Myers are good plays. Davis is a terrible play. Give me advantage, Pittman and Kirk. Um, but ultimately, I think the running backs and the receivers are a little too much swayed, so give me Finkel's Einhorn for a definitive win. Next up, we got Chase versus Team Texas Bear. Looking his, for his first win uh, at the quarterback position, Lamar Jackson versus Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Lamar's probably going to have a good game because he's going to rush a bunch, but Aaron Rodgers against Washington, give me the safety there. Uh, at running back, it's King Henry and Melvin Gordon versus Josh Jacobs and Miles Gaskin. Jacobs currently has 10.2, but even if he had one point, it wouldn't matter because it's King Henry all day long. At the receiver position, we got Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson versus DeAndre Hopkins and Calvin Ridley. A couple of heavy hitting ones. Uh, Jefferson's actually on a bye. Okay, so we have Jamar Chase... Jamar Chase and uh, Cooper Cup versus Hopkins and Ridley. This is a little more interesting. Chase has a tough matchup against Baltimore, but is beatable and necessary. Um, Hopkins, I think he'll do plenty, but Houston, he doesn't have to do a ton. So the big question mark is Ridley, and Cup is obviously the best play here. So give me Cup and Jamar Chase. At the tight end position, it's possibly Gronk versus Pitts. If Gronk can't go, then the pivot is Robert Tunyon. Ugh. Uh, if Gronk plays, it's Gronk. If Tunyon plays, it's Pitts. Simple as that. At the flex position, currently doesn't have it set because Williams and Jefferson are in his lineup. Uh, his options are a possible play from Saquon Barkley. Probably not. And DJ Dallas, if Alex Collins doesn't go, but probably not. So my guess is off the high of last week, he will go with Jalen Waddle, And out of the necessity, he will go Brandon Cooks. And they will be matched up against Tyler Boyd and Kenyon Drake as of right now. With options to pivot to Philip Lindsay or Randall Cobb or anyone else on the waiver wire. Either way, uh, Boyd has not done much, Drake. Uh those other options uh give me cooks and waddle uh cooks for the safety waddle for the upside uh all that said man i'm gonna have to go with chase for the win uh especially because king henry and it's not even close so i believe tyler continues his losing streak uh the big interesting one is i'm currently watching my uh my chances fall apart a little bit against uh, Team Chris 1914 right now. So starting off at the quarterback position, we both had bi-week quarterbacks. We both managed to get some. Uh, he missed out. I think Ryan was everyone's top choice, which I got, hopefully. Uh, and he has the opposition's quarterback with Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, Tua has the chance to be better, but Ryan's actually been on kind of a tear, and I feel like he is going to continue that. Especially if he gets Calvin Ridley back and he does anything productive. So, a uh, slight advantage to Matt Ryan, but I do like to uh, in this position. At the running back position, I had James Conner and either Naheem Hines 
Devonta Freeman, depending if he is the starter, Rashad Penny, depending if he is a starter, or Jamal Williams, depending if he is a starter. And I was like, man, that looks pretty good against the guy with uh, everyone on by, with Eckler, Elliott, uh, Diggs on by, Josh Allen on by. I'm feeling fantastic. But he spent the fab. He's the one that got uh, Dearness Johnston, and he is currently sitting on 94 yards, one touchdown, and 22 receiving yards on two, and has 18.6 points with a lead and still a, most of a quarter to go. And then Cortland Sutton's doing some work right now, and no fans. Eh. Uh, all that said, that is currently putting up to 30.7 points, which is about where he was projected right now with another quarter to go. So he is currently, I think, projected to tie me, basically. Uh, let's talk running backs, though. A.J. Dillon and Dearness Johnston versus Connor and uh, whatever I have. Um... I like Johnston, Johnson because of the load, and obviously he's doing much better than even I expected. Uh, I do like Connor, though, this week against Houston. I think he's good for at least one, if not two touchdowns, which has been his MO if he does score. And then the question mark of what other running back to play with. But either way, I think Dylan's been getting enough involved in what Johnson is doing. He is the advantage now. At the receiver position, we have Cortland Sutton and Chris Godwin versus Devontae Adams and Debo Samuel. Uh, Sutton's doing all right at 7.1, but uh, either way, it doesn't matter. Adams and Samuel are the obvious picks here. At uh, the tight end position, going to this game, you all know I'm not a big fan of Noah Fant. And I have Mike Gesicki, and I would obviously take Mike Gesicki over Fant even now I'm being validated as Fant only has five points, but knowing that I just said that, he'll probably score a touchdown in the next 12 game minutes. And then at the flex position, we have Sterling Shepard and Darnell Mooney. Or Dar Is it Darnell Mooney? can't remember. Whatever. Uh, and Mooney versus Julio Jones and Marquise Brown. Uh, the only other option he has to pivot is if Tyreek Hill doesn't go, then Hardman, I guess. Uh, other than that, he does need to actually drop someone and get Goddard in. So Goddard actually would have been the play over Fant, but he came off the COVID list too late. So uh, sorry about that, Chris, but you do need to drop someone and move one of your IR spots. Obviously, Goddard, as he is now not eligible for IR, out of there. Um, either way, though, Sterling Shepard... Mooney in high-volume needs, I think they are a better play than a hobbled Julio and a Brown to me. Nah, man, I have the safe. He has the upside. Uh, give me the advantage of the upside. I think Hollywood gets back on track, and if Julio plays, that is a good play for him. If not, McCall Hardman might even be able to do it. Um, but all that said and done, before this matchup started, I would have said I was the obvious winner. But now that he is doing decently well in thursday night with three guys um i'll still take me as a winner but i don't feel very comfortable about it all right next up i'm gonna see if i can get uh, a special guest on to help me go through the uh the the prestige dynasty worldwide matchup so stand by all right so after this super long break that you guys have no idea what happened because i did not put in any kind of music as we have copyright infringement issues nowadays. Uh, we are happy to bring in uh, my newly 
burgeoning uh, rival in the league just because of my opinions. Next to Chris1914, we have one of the other three Chris's champion of the league, uh, Chris Greenwood. Welcome in, sir. Hey, how you doing? Man, it's uh, it's good to have you finally. It's always good to have some uh, guests and... For uh, for the for the uninitiated that don't know what's going on, basically uh, I've come out vocally about a couple of things: my hatred of Lamar Jackson, uh, my hatred of several players, but more importantly, my hatred of teams that have zero depth yet seem to skate by without with minimal injuries at best. So, uh, one of them, other other than himself, is yourself. So, uh, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you. And I mean, look, injuries are the whole reason why I have a roster to field today because the Ernest Johnson, I mean, we're watching the game right now and he's already got up to almost 19 points. So, yeah, it's it's a travesty. This was all planned from the start. <laughs> all right. So let's let's talk about that for a second. Uh, so as I'm pulling up your roster here. So for the people that don't, uh, that aren't pervy to the league, uh, they're not in it. That listen, or for the people that just haven't really paid attention, uh, you were one of two very, very top-heavy teams. I don't think you deny that, but uh, I think you have taken, uh, you've taken a little issue with my uh, my call out of your your lack of depth. So at the uh the quarterback in our two quarterback league you're sitting pretty there with uh brady Tannehill, uh heineke because of injury as you talked about and carson wentz um i mean basically you go through the starting lineup generally you got those four quarterbacks to pick from you got aaron jones and uh zeke elliott which is a little funny because people that don't know the reason he has Zeke Elliott is because he was not a true believer in King Henry and traded him straight up for him. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, I just, I feel like it's only a matter of time before that workload catches up with him. And, but I guess, uh, I guess the time wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think we all have. <laughs> so, and then uh, you go into the receivers, and your receiver core is very strong and top-heavy. Uh, you got Tyree Kill, top three dynasty receiver. You got Chris Godwin, used to be a top five dynasty receiver, probably still top ten. Uh, Terry McLaren making a case to be top ten. And Jamar Chase, who is making a case that he should be a top probably six or seven guy this season as a rookie. Um, but then let's go down to the depth here. I mean, we're sitting here looking at, uh, running backs of Miles Gaskin, um, AJ Dillon to back up Aaron Jones. And then you look at your receiver depth and you're sitting on guys like Denzel Mims, Jakeem Grant, Quinton Cephas. Um, Ooh. Ooh, why, are you, why are you starting with them? I got Beasley. I've got Emmanuel Sanders. Well, that I was getting there. I was about to get there. Is the fact that you have you have one good option with Emmanuel Sanders. You have one guy that has sh- you, we expected to be good, but as soon as Dawson Knox is back, I don't expect much from Cole Beasley, uh, as he has been kind of minute because of Sanders and Knox, and then. I don't know what to make of Edwards still because maybe Gruden finally leaving, he finally gets a chance to peacock. But I mean, we're sitting pretty thin at the depth. What do you say to that? 
I think that I, I don't think you're counting that my two flex positions are filled with guys that would be starters on any other team in the league. Well, I, I don't deny that with some teams in the league. I mean, yeah, I guess any team in the league you could say that. But, I mean, you're, you're talking to someone that, although I might not have Terry McLaren and Jamar Chase with the foresight of taking Chase, where I didn't even have the pick, but, I mean, I'm sitting there and I'm flexing in guys like Debo, Amari Cooper, Deontay Johnson, but I'm still sitting there with six running backs and and eight receivers I could play any given week. I mean, top heavy is top heavy, but maybe it's time to let go a couple of these superstars so you can uh, you can weather a couple of storms. You know? Yeah. If anybody out in the league is offers for me, then I'm totally open to hearing any of them. Um, you know. I just I haven't received any. Um, I haven't yet felt the need to put any out. Um, I did get lucky this week with Dearness Johnson, to be honest. But uh, I I just I don't see it as big of a deal. Um, like I trying to build a roster to to win championships, um, and the way the way it's constructed currently, I can do that. If I lose, let's say I lose uh, Chase or McLaurin to injury, I mean, I can fill, uh, like, I have flex-level replacements for that for those players. So what happens, uh, though, if you lose Zeke Elliott? I mean, or even Aaron Jones, knowing that A.J. Dillon just won't be the same kind of player. Uh, uh, we might have some disagreement there. I think A.J. Dillon, with, the, with this, if he has all the workload, is would be a great option Mm. um but even uh there some of that is out of my control um i did set up my i I did set up my running backs to have the starter and uh and the handcuff um which may not be the best option and especially in the case of baltimore running backs it really killed me because i had jk dobbins he went out and then the next week or was it just a couple days later you had uh gus edwards go out oh yes you don't need to explain that to me i think i've made it emphatically clear how i wasted a a fifth round pick to keep jk dobbins in a 16 team league so fifth round's really high pick still and he got and jk went down not 30 seconds after that draft closed it was brutal wreck so I, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, I understand. So I mean, I guess there's kind of a middle ground. You do have Dobbins, and that one just completely blew up. And then, uh, I mean, you went into the the year with Gaskin hopeful, and I mean, now it's just turned yeah. into unless it's a bye week or something, you can't play that guy unless complete luck. So I mean, it was fortuitous, like you said, to get a. Uh, to get uh, Dearness Johnston, uh, Johnson, he uh, for the people that don't know, he got him three weeks ago. I double-checked this for $27. And uh, I, I find it funny, as we've seen a couple of comments in the, the league chats when guys go for big dollar amounts in this league, but what people don't understand is, generally speaking, there's maybe, what, like five, six guys of even remote worth that get picked up in this league on a yearly basis. 
And uh, mm-hmm. honestly, some of them have turned into great plays. I mean, uh, most notable that comes to mind for me is uh, Clay picking up Darren Waller off the waivers for zero dollars, and now Darren Waller's a stud. <laughs> yeah, that that happened not that long ago. So, um, so be kind to people on that. But uh, I guess I guess we can agree to disagree a little bit. But I think we found a little common ground today on. Your crappy thin team. Yeah, and again, send those offers in. Hey, like down to negotiate. Like I said, I'm willing to buy one of your old aging quarterbacks right here and right now. Cause I I can't keep rolling with Big Ben. It's it's sinking my my shot as a championship that and having four names and none of them being Chris. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna hurt you. Yeah, Clay's, Clay's doing his best to. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just I I don't know if I trust it still. So, um, so do you have the matchups pulled up? Do I have what? Uh, the matchups for the league pulled up for this week. Yeah. All right. Well, how about we get into it real quick? I haven't done my uh my projections, although this is kind of a cheated projection, obviously, as Thursday night game is almost over with seven minutes left. But uh, let's get into it. So the first matchup is Team Texas Bear versus GA Dogs for Life. Your uh, thin bench uh, brother. <laughs> so uh, at, at the quarterback position, I don't think we need to discuss the fact that uh, Team Texas Bear has two superstar stud quarterbacks both on by. So he is rolling with newly acquired Case Keenum tonight and then Taysom Hill. So, obviously, as bad as Jalen Hurts is, him and Rodgers are the big play. Um, the running back position... You know what? I'm, I'm just going to call this right now. Texas Bear has Texas Bear has no chance. There's no reason to even talk about this matchup. This is rough. I know. I just saw there's empty spots. He's, he's starting, like, Jarvis Landry. Zeke's still in his lineup. Ertz is in a flex. Like, let's just come on. Let, let, let's shoot this this horse dead in his yeah, broken leg. Dogs. <laughs> That's the, I'm putting it in. All right. So let's get to the big matchup then. Uh, the next one is the uh, the two most recent champions, if I'm correct. Or were you the first one? Two most recent champions. No, I think I was two years ago. Oh, okay. And- all right. Well, either way, we have two recent champions, uh, Mr. Schultz and yourself, are in a in a heavy heater battle. Uh, as you said, you currently have uh, Johnson going for eighteen point six points. So you've made up the gap on the projection, and you're actually projected to win. How do you feel about your quarterbacks against the newly acquired trades of Lamar Jackson and Sam Darnold? Uh, I think. I actually think Darnold is under-projected this week. Um, I mean, just simply because he's going against the Giants. Um, and there's definitely room to eat there. Okay, and uh, how do you feel about Lamar Jackson? Some say that Cincinnati's D is good. Some say they haven't played anyone worthwhile. And some say he's a piece-of-crap quarterback that is only good because he's a crazy athlete. I have heard that. Um, Lamar Jackson is always a wild card. Um, I mean, he can put up 11, 
like he did uh, against the Chargers, or he can go out for 40. So it, it's uh, it's definitely nerve-wracking to be going up against him. Okay, so you got you got the nerve-wracking guy and the under-projected guy. Do you think Brady and Tannehill get it done? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you listened to the, fan, to the Ballers podcast earlier, but they mentioned the over-under for... KC Tennessee was like 58 points or something like that. So, oh, really? Last uh, I checked, it was 79. But it's probably <laughs> yeah. I, I would I would still bet the over, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that that's the classic one that could disappoint, but I agree with you. I think Brady and Tannehill are the better better play than both those trash quarterbacks. <laughs> Uh, so next up, we have Johnson doing amazing Johnson things. So do you think Aaron Jones, coupled with him, is going to take on uh, Swift getting 1,000 targets against the Rams and Jonathan Taylor looking like he might be one of the best backs in the league? If you asked me before this game tonight, then I would say no. <laughs> okay. But uh, I, think, I think Johnson has definitely done more than expected um and uh jones against the inexplicably bad washington defense um yeah i think i think there's a chance to get to get it done there so i think i agree with you knowing what johnson's done i think you have the advantage but i don't want to sell him short taylor and swift do have the ability to to pull him out of this hole um, so as we talked about, you got, you got some heavy hitters up top on the receiving end. And I mean, other than, I believe he has one of his guys on by, oh no, he's cooks his other heavy hitter who's on by. Uh, so you're going up against three relatively strong two kind of questionable, but still, I mean, three strong receivers. So let's talk about Hopkins, Ridley, Evans, and then we'll throw in Myers in there just since you're all receiver heavy versus Hill, Godwin, McLaren, and Chase. Who wins there? Uh, I mean, I'm biased here, but I, I would say I would say me. Um, I, I don't. I know there's the there's the whole revenge narrative, but I don't know what Hopkins will do against Houston. Uh, I don't know if it'll be needed. I should say. Yeah, I actually talked about that earlier. Now that you mentioned the the revenge narrative, which I didn't even think about, there is a chance he does go bananas on him. But I'm still with you that I think he's not that necessary. Yeah, I'm showing like it, it shows as uh, unfavorable um, matchup. Well, wide receivers yeah and that's just because everyone runs on them and no one's had yeah. to throw right so uh, i think i think there's a definitely i think there's a chance you could see that again um and although we all want to see hopkins ball out against houston but that i don't know i mean didn't wasn't the trade bad enough like houston has suffered a lot <laughs> well as a Houston or Houston suburb resident, I I would agree with you. Thank God I'm a Vikings fan, even though I don't think anyone's ever said that before. <laughs> no, this might be the first. Yeah. So so there's two narratives that I want to talk about that could decide this receiver match, or three actually. One is Calvin Ridley ever going to bounce back this season? I hope so, because I've got a lot of stock in him in other leagues. 
Um, this is definitely a get right matchup after the bye week. And uh, um, and after and his Miami yeah. coming off of a crushing loss, depressing news with the whole Watson trade talks in the media. Like, I don't know if I'm Miami, do I really want to go out and fight <laughs> after I, that? You I know, feel all like that news I came feel out? like. I feel like Tua is going to really actually tear it up, and I think Ridley will be necessary. So I'm actually pretty hopeful on this matchup. Uh, so question number two is you guys have uh, two... Uh, you have the third, the second and third best receivers in uh, Tampa as the old man Antonio Brown is clearly the best of them. Um, so who's the better play this week, Evans or Godwin? Uh, um, I mean, Godwin's the most consistent, uh, but it's not. Yeah, uh, Evans can. Uh, no, I would go with Godwin. Okay. Yeah, I, Evans I, needs touchdowns to do it, and I mean, Chicago is still good enough to stop you from scoring too many touchdowns on them. So, I would agree with you. You definitely have the safer player. I think Evans has the higher upside, obviously, because he's the guy that could get two to three touchdowns on a bananas week. But um, I, I, I think Sorry. the, I think the, uh, the Godwin, um, the Godwin time of him being a top guy is actually over, and I think he settles down into that high end wide receiver two range for fantasy for his career um yeah uh i'm gonna have to take a look at what his contract situation is because i'm not sure it's, it's his last year top of my head. it's his last year he's up for contract that'll be interesting then yeah especially with the brady thing if he goes one or seven more years so um and then the final narrative then is you have two questionable guys that are legitimately questionable. I think we expect them to pl- both play, but are you a little worried about the injury with uh, with McLaren and Hill? They're both not seeming very right right now. Hill. Yeah, Ty- uh, Tyreek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Hill is one of those players you you don't worry as long as you see a limited practice on the week, um, which I think he logged today. And then, uh, and then, or maybe I'm thinking of McLaurin. McLaurin um, logged the limited. I'm not sure what Tyreek did, but I think uh, I think they're both relatively even on the the optimism for them, mm-hmm. which is they'll play, but they'll probably be limited. Yeah, I think if I if I'm worrying about anybody, uh, it's McLaurin, and that's why I I moved him into the flex. Um, just a little while ago. Just you have, you have that I pivot think, point, yeah. I think he's probably the biggest question mark, especially with Heineke at quarterback. Um, I think Heineke can get some stuff done here and there, but man, I was looking forward to Fitz Magic and McLaurin together. Yeah, so I mean it could still happen, but honestly, if this season's lost, they might just roll with Heineke to see if they can actually even use him. 
Uh, we'll see, though. They could end up with two if those... I, I mean, it's hard to believe, but those trade rumors, so... We'll, we'll, we'll see on that end, and then, uh... So, I'm assuming... You already said you're taking it, and I'm assuming that no matter who you play, Kelsey is the advantage at tight end. But, uh, if... If, if Goddard and, uh, Gronk are both active and healthy, who are you going with? I think Goddard, just because he's the safer one. Now, here's the question. If you're behind going, if you, if you're projected behind or you are behind, because he does have, he does have a decent amount of noon guys, especially both his quarterbacks, are you going to throw in... Gronk just for the upside play potentially. Um, I think that'll definitely, yeah, that that'll be in the back of my mind for sure. Yeah, I mean, you got to pay attention because Goddard starts at three o five, whereas Gronk's at three twenty five. But lucky for you, they're both the early afternoon games, so you do have a little bit of flexibility to play with. So, and then yeah, I was I was confused for a second why you were saying three instead of four, but. <laughs> oh yeah yeah sorry wrong time zones <laughs> uh all right so uh are you calling your shot you gonna win this one yeah i'm taking it all right well then just to be fun i'm gonna take uh the other chris for the win yeah we're usually on opposing sides so that's yeah, normal definitely so uh <laughs> next up the matchup is Bob the Rebuilder versus the Untouchables. It is uh it is the the battle of the trash, but oddly enough, since he decided to tank, Dan's been on a tear and he is currently sitting at five hundred and still in the playoff picture. <laughs> but he's currently playing Demetric Felton. And it's it's sad. Both, yeah. Both of these guys are projected at 90-some-odd points. Uh, you got Fields and Mariota versus Garoppolo and Jones. This is bad. <laughs> you, got Mike, you got Mike Davis and Felton versus Darrell Williams and Collins. I think so far we can both agree that uh, Gary's got the advantage at quarterback with two quarterbacks and the advantage... At running back with two potential starting running backs, um, and then oddly enough, the the uh, at the receiver position you got Robbie Anderson and Jalen Waddle versus Cordero Patterson and Brandon Cook. So he is using that cheat code of Patterson as like a the ultimate flex guy. Uh, do you think Robbie does anything, or do you think we can just sign this off as Brandon Cooks and Robbie Patterson or and Cordero Patterson are the better? The targets are there, so I think. But uh, if yeah, if I was making a bet, I would definitely say Patterson and Cooks. All right. But I do think I, I think Anderson has a chance, and I think the rebuilder could end up in the playoffs if that Watson trade does go down. Oh yeah, man, that's, that's some crazy <laughs> stuff. Uh, <laughs> Um, so, and then at the tight end position, Gary hasn't set it up yet, but my guess is he probably goes with, uh, Cole Komet, I believe he has, yeah, or Ross, or Dwelly, uh, either way though, Mark Andrews on the tear, he's the obvious advantage, so the last one is going to be the flex, which is Fournette and Rondale Moore versus Robert Woods and Mark Ingram, 
Uh, Fournette is clearly the best play out of all these guys, but Robert Woods had a great game two weeks ago. He had an okay game last week, but Stafford is going to just lay a big fat one all over Detroit's chest. Is Robert Woods going to be a part of that? Yeah, I think there's definitely potential for Woods, um, but I would still take... I would still... I would actually take Fournette and more in this situation because I, of Arizona's defense and because I think you could see more of more um, uh, uh, if the game gets out of hand. I agree, and then, I mean, at the end of the day, Fournette's just on a tear. So as yeah. long as he's on his team, he's probably he's a top twelve running back. So, all right. So uh, I, I'm I'm wondering here. Uh, Sleeper currently has the projection going Gary's way because of the quarterbacks and the running backs, um, and the receivers. Do you view that the same way, or do you think Anderson is going to be? Uh, I mean, the Anderson and Andrews combo is going to be enough. To- <laughs> Because you no, said Robbie Anderson's going to do well. Not, no, you can't overcome uh, <laughs> missing quarterback. Hey, you don't say that because I'm trying to do that this week. <laughs> I'm going to say that. Uh, just, I mean, maybe I'm jinxing. Um, maybe I'm jinxing the rebuilder here. But, uh, you know, I think I think they they're safely going to make enough make a move towards that uh better draft position and i think that's week. i think that's what he's hoping for so you probably did jinx him by uh giving him the win there but yeah, Mariota will score like two touchdowns from the goal line right probably. like yeah they're gonna fill him in somehow <laughs> uh so yeah i agree with you i think gary's gonna take the win uh so next up we have the uh the other chris we haven't talked about much chris 1914 Versus the My Name is Chris. So we got Do It for Axel versus uh, Clay's team. Uh, At the the quarterback. You got to give it up to Clay for trying any way he can to get that championship. Hey, he's a hack and a copycat. Long before he ever changed his name to My Name is Chris, I changed my name in the chat to Chris Christofferson. Yes, he did. Although I'm not that anymore, I don't believe. Um, I think, uh, in fact, my name's turned into Tom Brady-related names just to piss off uh, this Chris and <laughs> Chris nineteen forty. <laughs> I think I, I've been sensing some signals coming from you. Yeah. Oh yeah, I hate all Chris's. They're terrible. <laughs> Lately, me and Clay have actually been fighting a lot and disagreeing, whereas we're usually of the same mind. But. Ever since he changed his name, I'm just like losing it. Losing it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So at the quarterback position, he's boldly going with Matt Ryan. Now, most of the listeners in this in this podcast in these leagues, they 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 they're diehard Falcons fans, and they have much disdain for the the state of Matt Ryan is now. But he's going with him and Stafford. Versus Patty Jack Mahomes and Tua Tagovailoa. Now, is the revenge narrative for Stafford and the resurgence of Ryan going to be enough to overcome Pat Mahomes and his terrible family? Mm, no. 
I don't I don't think so because I think to a uh, yeah I think to it I think one of the things that comes out from all of this uh, press leaking about you know about the trade talks is a re-energized Tua although it, uh, it's scary because it could also jinx him into hurting his hip yet again well one of the one of the things that that I like to look at that there's not a whole lot of facts to back, not a whole lot of data to back it up necessarily but I get I sense that like a team when a team is like coming team coming off the bye it's just like so they've had so much more time to prepare and especially I think now going against a team that's traveling back from London um I don't I can't think of another time that a bye week team has been playing the team that's returning from the uh you know that that long of travel. So, so um, what you're saying is the Falcons are going to have the best defense in the league this week. I'm saying that that they've had enough time to prep that if they don't have at least some answers, then I mean, just everybody should turn in their keys. <laughs> well, honestly, I think they kind of need to do that there in Atlanta. Uh, the way I look these two is Matt Ryan is the better play to me, but I don't view him that far off as far as points. So to me, the narrative is more, is this going to be Matt Stafford and his revenge game? Because we saw the Rams last week. The, the, one of the reasons I lost one of my, my division games was the Rams just would not stop pouring it on those poor Giants with concussed Dan... With, concussed daniel jones it was like it was so brutal to watch and they just kept laying it on and laying it on and laying it on whereas pat mahomes has to overcome king henry on a really down season for kc i feel like they're very motivated to beat the titans after the titans just handled the perceived best team in the afc yeah i think um Unless Tennessee is able to slow the game down using Henry um, against KC and just milk the clock, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have enough opportunities that he's probably going to be looking at high 20s, low 30s this week. Okay, I agree with you. I I think that Mahomes and Tua are the advantage, but of the... The slightest and narrowest of margins. Yeah, that's what I'd go with. So, here is the ultimate narrative. We are looking at a lineup with Derrick Henry matched with Gio Bernard going up against last week's fantasy darlings of Daryl Henderson and Joe Mixon. Is the combination of Joe Mixon and Henderson enough to take down pretty much Henry by himself? Well, before we get to that, do you think that Bernard will be replaced with Williams? Oh, if he comes off the COVID list? Yeah, Chris has Damian Williams, and I, and I did see a tweet earlier today that the reason why he hasn't come off yet is because he's not vaccinated. And so he had that 10-day wait, and so he's not eligible to come off until Saturday. 
Okay. Now, that's going to be interesting because I don't know what the deal is, but he does, like all players vaccinated or not, have to have two negative tests with 24 hours in between each test. Now, if he can do that before the 10 days, then yes. If he can do that only after the 10 days, then that's going to be really wonky if he's able to do it the morning of Saturday and then 24 hours later the morning of Sunday and be able to be eligible. That's kind of the question here. So I, I think we're both in agreement that if it's Henry and Damian Williams even against that Tampa Bay offense with his catching volume he gets, that's probably the play. But without Williams, do you think Mixon and Henderson are enough with those juicy matchups? Yes. Okay. So you heard it here, folks. He doubts Derrick Henry yet again. <laughs> so so here's the conundrum here. Um, so clearly uh, there, there's been two narratives in this league going on. It's that I have a ton of injuries and issues, and Clay has a ton of injuries and issues. Yet we are the deeper team, so we can tend to handle it. I think Schultz has been dealing a little bit with that too. But uh, for as strong as Clay's team has been looking going into the season, after the season, everything, man, he is starting A.J. Brown, which is a question mark, Tyler Lockett, which is a question mark, and then, like, in the flex, we got Sanders and Hollywood Brown, I think, is his most stable receiver at this point. Um, Do those options scare you? Or is it the fact that on the other end, he's staring down Corey Davis against New England, Julio being injured, Kyle Pitts as a flex, and Henry Ruggs as the big question mark? Do you think that Clay has enough on those guys that he's going to get it done? Uh, Like, does Miles Sanders uh, have more than eight touches this game? Uh, no, I, I no. Miles is bad. That's why I got rid of him. Is Marquis is Marquise Brown going to catch a touchdown, or is he going to be irrelevant again? He's going. I think he'll see enough opportunities against Cincinnati. So I would I would put him down for a touchdown. I, uh, I think. Gosh, AJ Brown is like the biggest question that I'm going back to. Yeah, is he is he healthy? Is he injured? What's the deal with him? Is he healthy? Is he injured? Is he, you know, what does Tennessee do? Do they try to just lean on Henry and, you know, keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands? And in which case, both Jones and Brown are neutralized. Yeah. Even if they play. Exactly. And I think I think both of them are kind of washed. I, I, I expect Brown to do better just because I think he's a little healthier, believe it or not. Uh, I think we could write off Corey Davis. Uh, I think Henry Ruggs is a big coin flip, but he has been good up until the recent couple of weeks. Um, is Kyle Pitts here to stay for this season, or was that just a lack of Calvin Ridley surgeons? I think Pitts is. Yeah, I think Pitts is here to stay. I think he's necessary for Atlanta. Yeah, long term, I totally agree. I'm still a little questionable on this season. But as Matt Ryan gets better in the season, which he's obviously been doing, I think Pitts is more relevant because he has had the volume. 
Uh, are we riding off Tyler Lockett? I am, yeah. <laughs> you heard it here. Uh, now, so, so I'm going to read off uh, a couple of names, and you tell me if you'd rather play him than Lockett. All right. Ramondre Stevenson, the running back. Mm, Lockett. I'd rather play Stevenson. <laughs> Against the Jets, I think he's going to get plenty of work because they're going to rest Damian Harris. Uh, Latavius yeah. Murray, if he's healthy and plays. Against Cincinnati. Latavius... Mm. Uh, that one's closer for me. Uh, yeah, I'd have to look at that more, uh, more in depth. Um, but I think, yeah, I think I would go with Murray there. So me seeing, uh, me seeing the better team as, uh, as Clay's team, even in this matchup, I think I'd rather go Murray just because the safety of points if he's available. Uh, Darnell Mooney, uh, he had a decent game last week. They're playing Tampa. They're going to have to throw a lot. I think I'd rather play him than Lockett. Yeah, uh, taking a look down his roster, I think I would be looking at um, Mooney or Ayuk. Uh, see, Ayuk scares me a little too much. I understand the narrative. But if they're able to run with Elijah Mitchell, I think him and De- him and Debo are enough that they don't need to. I would be more interested, and it's really tough because he has Hollywood going. But Rashad Bateman, after that first game, I think he's going to be more involved. And then even Allen Robinson, although I think I agree I'd rather have Mooney than Robinson. So for me personally, I'd be looking at either of those running backs, Mooney or Bateman, over him. Yeah, I think no matter what, like when you're projected to win um, by as much as Clay is right now, I'm throwing Lockett in my flex, uh, or I'm throwing Brown in as a starting wide receiver, and I'm looking to get a safe floor with one of the running back options, right? Or even Mooney. Yeah, that's that's where I view too. And even if you wanted to go. And, and couple yourself to the trash that is Lamar Jackson. Um, the fact of having two of his three top receiving options on the field there, you're kind of guaranteeing yourself at least 15 points between the two of them. So that's yeah. that's the way yeah, with, with, with his lead. With his lead, that's the only thing. But you know what, honestly, that could all get blown up, blown up if Derrick Henry has another three touchdowns. Yeah, or even if if Waller gets back to form. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of variables. So, uh, are we both taking Clay for the win on this though? Yeah. Okay, I kind of figured so. His his name is Chris, even though the other Chris is playing him. Uh, so then finally, as always, the marquee matchup is me versus my opponent. Uh, so we got the football Goonie versus Team Groovy Drew. Uh, Drew is on a a massive downslope, uh, losing basically the last eight points over the last four weeks uh, after opening up with a 4-0 record. Um, but he gets to prove you right because he is playing someone who is playing Jordan Love in his spot right now. And as of right now, that is actually not a good idea by me because 
so far he's had one game with a positive 0.72 points and one game with a negative 0.3 points as he took the three kneel, kneel downs. Should I even play Jordan Love on the off chance that Rodgers gets hurt? Yeah, um, I would play Jordan Love um, because it's not just if Rodgers gets hurt. It's also if they come out and put up 35 in the first three quarters and then Love is just playing the last, you know, the fourth I agree with you there. Even then, he could maybe get me a couple of points, which would be fantastic. Now, let's play a little hypothetical scenario and say Aaron Rodgers busts his knee and somehow just gets hurt in the first five minutes of the game. Now, miraculously, Devontae Adams' projection somehow doesn't change between love or whatever he did with Rodgers. Is is Jordan Love and Zach Wilson enough to take down Joe Burrow and Kyler Murray? No. What? <laughs> Not even a little bit? No. I mean, nope. I mean, Tony Romo did say that Zach Wilson's going to be a top three quarterback in the league. Yeah, he, he said that. These are facts. Uh, I think the I think the problem is that Kyler Murray is going against Houston, and unlike what we were talking about with, uh, you know, with KC and Tennessee, like you know, Tannehill could, I, like I'm playing them this week, so I hope not. But Tannehill could end up being irrelevant because they uh, how strong their running game is, but uh, the Cardinals don't really have that. And pretty much all their points are got are, are gained through the air. Okay, Murray is just going to go off, and then and Burrow's Burrow's going to do enough uh, to get over uh, Jordan Love, even if he's playing all all four quarters. <laughs> all right, fair enough. But we're going to put a little pin in that because we are going to revisit that point in a minute. Uh, let's move to the running back position. Uh, it's Alvin Kamara and Josh Jacobs because, as I said, I don't have CEH due to injury. I don't have uh, Antonio Gibson confidently due to possible injury. So as of right now, he's not in my lineup. But I'm having to play against Harris against the Jets, which is a great matchup, and McKinnon. Is there a chance that McKinnon does anything? I don't see it. All right, so I'm safe then at winning this running back battle. Yeah. Okay, good. That makes me feel better. Um, I Again, I'm really worried. We have this narrative that you said the Cardinals don't run, so we got Christian Kirk, and then top rookie receiver draft prospect, at least. I know Jamar Chase went up higher, but Devonta Smith won the Heisman, and they're going up against just all old injured uh, Debo Samuel and old man Devontae Adams. Who's going to win that? I'm going to have to go with Debo and Adams there. Okay, good. I was a little worried, but I'm glad to hear that. Uh, At the tight end position, I think just because he's a better player, we're both going to agree Hawkinson's the play. 
but I could see either Ricky Seals-Jones or Hunter Henry, whoever I decide to start, being the better play at the end. Or even maybe Tyler Higby, although Higby's been a little disappointing lately. Yeah, the problem with Higby is there's just too too many other places to go there. Exactly. Um, he's He's kind of reverted to almost like he has Gerald Everett still. Oh yeah, I mean now you have yeah now now the wide receiver both wide receivers are always an option. You have um, you know running backs out of the backfield. You have uh, it's I think that I, I think Higby's the fourth option on that team. Yeah, and it doesn't you can you can say it. It's fine. It doesn't make me feel bad because I got him off the waivers for nothing. <laughs> Congrats on that! I know, uh, but yeah, I will. I will have to take um, Hawkinson in any of those matchups. But I will not be surprised if he underperforms because he's been killing uh, some of my other fantasy leagues. Exactly, so. and after such a hot hot start, it really hurts. Uh, yeah. And then currently, with a minute thirteen left, I don't have the game on anymore. Do the Broncos have the ball? No, they're on defense right now. Uh, I think you're a little behind. The game's over. Oh, is it? Yeah, I'm going. Yeah. Off, I'm going off the the sleeper app. Okay, so I ended up with nine point three points off of Sutton. Not as good as I wanted, and honestly, I thought about maybe going with uh, with um, uh, sorry, Michael Pittman there, since uh, the other receivers might be hurt. But I currently have James Conner along with Sutton versus Adam Humphreys and Higgins. Uh, either way, I don't see Humphreys and Higgins being a threat. But let's talk about what you said before. James Conner. You say my run, that the Arizona Cardinals don't have a run game enough to lay it on the Texans. But case in point, James Conner just came off against Cleveland. The defense you just watched dominate. A 4.44 yards per carry. And he has scored in half of his games, two of which were two touchdowns. Is James Conner a good play? Oh, yeah. I think he's a good play because he's he's got a, a really good chance to get touchdowns. Now, here, um, now, here's the funny part. I'm not sure if he's a good play for me because... Without a second quarterback, I am really looking at do I need upside or safety. So what I am going to do, even though Kyler Murray and Christian Kirk and TJ Hawkinson might blow this up, the majority of his good players are at noon. So I might, if I if it looks like I'm behind because that QB situation, I might pivot to Michael Pittman. Let's see. Trying to find Pittman real quick. He is... They're playing San Francisco. But the big news is Paris Campbell's hurt again. T.Y. Hilton got hurt, and although he might go, he's kind of banged up. It's like him and Mo Cox for the passing work, aside from the running backs. Yeah, it's... Uh, I would still... No, I would I would still lean on Connor uh, personally. Interesting. Um, even for again, the even for the upside, the, it's kind of the same thing that I said about Clay's uh, Clay's team is um, 
at least right now you're projected to win. Like, if there is some insane blowout, then maybe you can think about it. But I I think that Connor has a very good shot of at least one touchdown and, uh, you know, possibly even possibly even two. I would agree with you there. And looking at it, I think it's kind of funny, and I'd have to look at their actual uh, opponents to see if it correlates. But I noticed when we're going through all these that Connor has a green matchup on sleeper. So Houston's been terrible against running backs. Uh, Kyler Murray has a green matchup against Houston, which they have been terrible against, uh, against um, sorry, uh, quarterbacks. But we had a red matchup against Hopkins. How is it that the quarterback has been good but um, it's been a tough matchup for uh, for for basically receivers against Houston. Hmm. It's weird, right? But, uh, I'm trying to think of trying to let's see what. Let me see what what has Houston's games been like so far. Let's see. I already I already have some of the answer probably. They so they played Tampa where I think OJ Howard did well against them. Oh wait, no, no, no. Sorry. I'm looking at this all wrong. Give me a second. I totally screwed this up. Uh I need a player that's on Houston. Are they good against tight ends? That's the question. No, they're not. So basically, the tight ends have been what's destroying Houston. So, so there you go. That means Zach Ertz is going to be the tight end three in his debut for the Cardinals. I mean, we can agree on that, correct? <laughs> I think um, I think you're. Yeah, maybe. There you go. You you heard it here first. So so I don't like to besmirch other teams, but knowing I got only nine point three from uh, Sutton and I don't have a QB two, who's gonna win this matchup? Honestly, I think you don't have a cute like. You not having a QB normally would automatically do you in. No, I'll do you one better. Um, not only do I have a QB, not have a QB, I have one of the worst QBs that is starting too. That's yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't gonna lay it on that thick. <laughs> no, uh, I, I I love him as but, a prospect, but this season he's trash. Yeah, not having a a really not having a wide receiver one starting for a team. Um, and Groovy Drew and having to put Humphreys in the flex. Plus his best running back is Damian Harris. Yeah. I'm pretty much playing two quarterbacks and a tight end. That's let's be honest here. Yeah. So, uh, I would, I mean, honestly with the, (laughs) the closer look, I take, I look at this team, um, I would 
honestly be trying to move Murray for a complete haul because they're just going to ruin their chances of a low draft pick in the long run. Yeah, I kind of agree. I've actually reached out to Drew, and he hasn't even looked at my offer. It's been sitting here for like four days now, but I've been trying to buy a quarterback off of him. Uh, if not, I'll buy one of your old-ass broken quarterbacks off of you and do it before Sunday. It'd be fantastic. <laughs> who who are you most willing to sell right now? That's the question. And don't put in Heineke because I don't know if he's going to play the whole season. Uh... Are you willing, knowing that, but the fact is you have older quarterbacks that so you... You realize that the the window is shrinking on you unless you pick up young talent either way in the next two mm-hmm. seasons. So, well, the problem, yeah, uh, the issue was uh, like I remember in our chat that you you said something about a old quarterback for a first or something like that, but you have no first round picks. I have one in twenty four. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's that's gonna that's what's gonna make it really rough. Um, now, what if I add what if I add like an upgrade in another draft where I give you like a second for a fourth or something like that? Yeah, I, I, I've been like super busy since we talked yesterday, but um, yeah, I would I would look at you know if I could fix my. Um, I, I would say I, I would say we could do that for Brady, um, but Brady's you know. your guy, so that's the issue here. Is Brady's? I would do that for Brady in a heartbeat, knowing Brady has at most two or three years left. But the problem is Brady's your best quarterback, so I feel like he's the hardest one for you to move right now in season. That's kind of what I've been like, kind of dealing with. Anytime I think about it, is that. If I, you know, if everything goes right, I'm set up to make a run this year, and Brady would be pivotal to that. Absolutely. So how about this? How about we make this deal? I have the best receiver in the game. You have guys almost as good. What if we were to move my best receiver in the game... And a old-ass broken quarterback that you can still use for this season. For a younger quarterback and a less best receiver in the game. Thoughts? Nah, the reason why you have that best receiver in the game is because I don't think Rodgers is long for Green Green Bay. Yes, but I would I would disagree with you for two things. Either one, Devontae Adams goes to another quarterback and he is equally as good. Maybe not quite number one, but top five still. And then number two is I don't think it out the realm of possibility that they both go as a package deal somewhere. That could get interesting. Because here, case, case in point, I think uh, the Steelers have been mentioned, the Broncos have been mentioned. Neither of those two fit, but 
But I think another one is the Saints not trusting Jameis, being sick of Michael Thomas and his crap. Adams would be a lateral move cost-wise to Michael Thomas as of right now, I think. And then they would just have to figure out how to afford Rodgers with them. And then they go, he go, and then they both go to a much better offensive mind than they've ever had. Yeah, that's a, that's a big if. Um, hey, you don't you watch I your think, mouth. That's going to happen. Sure the Saints were the worst cap situation in the league this year, though. Oh, that's because they have Michael Thomas and Jameis Winston, and Taysom Hill, yeah. and Taysom Hill. That's what it is. Well, and the the Raiders were mentioned as a destination for Rodgers as well. Uh, that's a team that has needs at both quarterback and wide receiver. I mean, Carr's satisfactory, but I think if you had a chance to put Rodgers and Adams on that team... Heck, I'd be okay with just putting Adams and reuniting him with this college quarterback. Yeah, yeah, I, I was listening to that possibility as well. Oh, uh, I, I hadn't even heard the, of that. I just rumors were out. I hadn't even heard that. I just thought that off the top of my head, so... Well, all right. Well, I I think I think we've we've hit some good ground. I think we've uh, we've we've built some bridges, uh, in all over the 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 dying grave of Lamar Jackson. But I, I think I think we found some common ground where I don't I don't think we hate each other quite as much, even though you're a Chris today. So um, thank you very much for coming on the show. I appreciate it, and I hope everyone enjoyed listening to it. Yeah, it was a great experience, and uh, I look forward to the next time. Now, on on an honest note, you could tell me honestly, am I am I a good podcaster? I know I have a funny voice for podcasts, but I kind of view myself as a, a dynasty rich kind of guy, where like I'm a little weird, but much more handsome than him. I think if if you had uh, some production, because sometimes those uh, the, those uh, aud- like the uh, audio. The, the music and stuff that gets played comes in at like a real high level. I remember that having, having to rip off my headphones a couple times because of that. Okay, okay, um, that's a fair note. I, yeah, I, you know, not to, you know, just <laughs> trying to get a little constructive stuff uh, to really build this and because um, I, I really I really like the idea. I have a this is the I have two leagues that have podcasts that go along with them. And this it just makes the season that much more enjoyable. And this I is think. the better one, right? Oh yeah, for sure. So, so uh, the thing, the thing I've enjoyed well, is like today. Well, the, well, the other one is that Jason Moron, though. Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the thing I like about it is having you guys on here. I know I haven't done that a lot, but um, I I feel like other than I this is before your time. But our, our second episode ever, which was for this league actually is how it started, was um, was a two and a half hour episode. It was, it was grueling. Like you, if you ever go back and listen to the very second episode of this, that was my most favorite one. That's where like I came up with a bunch of drops myself and did some stuff. And there's a lot of cool little bits earlier. But like I, I think my favorite parts of the show has been having people on and. I, I really think if we can create a forum where I actually have someone to play off, it gets you guys to be a little more interactive. And then on top of that, I think it makes for a better show. So uh, I hope we can continue that. I, I think it's been really fun. Yeah, 
Yeah, I I enjoyed the uh, the segments when Brian would come on. Oh, you remember that? Okay, yeah. awesome. Yeah. That that was my proudest moment when I played that for him, and he had zero idea that I had created that drop, and. <sighs> That, that that was just like my favorite thing ever because uh, we didn't actually talk together. Uh, he pre-recorded those and sent those to me. And then I just, in the very first one I added, or the second one, I added that drop to it. And like, it just, that was probably my proudest podcast moment to date still. Yeah, no, those were, those were a lot of fun. And yeah, I'm, I'm always open to, uh, to jumping on here. So anytime you're looking for somebody just hit me up awesome i appreciate that and then uh yeah like you mentioned we'll we'll look into the zoom thing i think that'll probably increase the quality a little bit but also make it a little easier to do this as we all don't live near each other and my arm's getting tired holding up this phone right (laughs) (laughs) luckily i've been working out a lot so i think we've made it this far so all right well chris thank you very much for uh coming on the show and uh would you like to say our uh our tagline going out or are you are you drawing a blank and i put you on the spot goonies never say die that's right that's right folks goonies never say die (laughs) all right chris you have a good one and uh for everyone at home listening thank you for uh joining the podcast and good luck in your matchups this week